Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. City Life turning one, y'all. You know, we're celebrating today. We're partying today. You know why we're partying? Why are we partying? Like, because we turn one as an organization. You know why we're partying? Because it's been one year that lives are being transformed by Jesus. That's the truth. That's the truth. Like, seriously, that is the truth. When I looked at the stage, when I was watching people play music and we're worshiping, we're hanging out, I'm looking in the crowd, I'm seeing all new faces that I know over this past year. Like, half the team up here I didn't even know a year ago. Why? Because God's been knitting hearts and knitting lives and orchestrating a divine plan. Because he's trying to get his kids back home. Not the home of Pattengale. He's trying to get his kids back home connected with him. So many people say that I can't connect with Jesus because it's religion and I'm just not that religious. And I say, man, that's so cool because I don't think Jesus was either by what they mean. So I lean in a little bit. I look at them and they're like, well, I just ain't about that church stuff. And I say, man, church is a loaded, loaded, uh, a loaded idea. What do you mean by that? I might not be about that church stuff either. So we have to start unpacking what people really think and what they see because Jesus, he came for that very reason. And something that's so interesting about Jesus is he was killed by that religious stuff. He was killed by those religious people. And so Jesus is here today, this morning, trying to invite you into his party, trying to get you to connect to something that's so more powerful than what you thought or what you imagined. And when you see a flyer that says, come party with us, that was heaven's invite for you. Heaven was inviting each person, trying to give a new start in life and bring redemption and freedom to each of our lives. We're going to look at a story in the Bible out of Matthew 22. And the story is about a party. It's a wedding feast. The king's going to throw for his son. And we're going to pick it up right in verse 1. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and set his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Pause. King, son, wedding feast, people aren't coming. How do you think the king's feeling? King is aggravated. If you get an invite from someone very, very important, you respond differently. When you get an invite in the mail for a wedding invitation and it looks all elaborate, you give it a little bit more attention. And based upon the relationship, you try to prioritize whether you will go or not. And you start thinking through all the list of, should I show up to this party? What do I have to wear? How do I do? Do we have a gift? Can I bring something? The first tier of individuals aren't going to go to this party. It's a pretty weighty thought. They're not showing up. And this is a direct correlation speaking to the leaders of Israel that for so long had been missing the point, missing how God would show up on the scene to bring kids back home. So you're going to see a contrast of those who get into the party and those who don't. And then what happens when you're in the party and how do you stay in the party? How do you stay connected? How do you gather and belong and know that you're loved and that you have purpose? Again, he sent to other servants saying, Tell those who are invited. See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fat calves, and have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. They paid no attention, went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, 
and killed them. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. The prophets that have came for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, God's been trying to speak his message to his children, us. And so often we've seized them and we've killed them and we've mocked and laughed at him and said things like, I'm not about that religious stuff. And I think anything is worth attention, first to seek to understand, then to be understood. And I remember I was exactly that way. Like, don't come at me with any of this God stuff. Don't come at me with anything regarding Jesus. But really what I realized was I was meaning, well, don't come at me with tradition. Don't come at me with your rules and regulations. And don't come at with me with your party requirements. And I just didn't understand it. The king goes out of his way to take all of kinds of prized possessions. So when you see fatted calf and you see things like that, you see this feast getting prepared. Okay, now let's fast forward to what that looks like for us today. You ever been to Chuck E. Cheese during party time? No, like on the Saturday, I'm talking Chuck E. Cheese on Saturday. Okay, Chuck E. Cheese on Saturday. You've got all different types of family. It doesn't matter if you're low income or you've got a lot of money, you're going to throw a party for your kids. No, like you're going to throw a party for your kids and you're territorial about it. Like, no, my kid's on this game. No, 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 my kid's on this game. And then you get like the, the, the grown-up kids, uh, I wouldn't know anything about it, that are just playing the basketball hoops the whole time and pushing little kids away. Everybody turns up when it's their kid's birthday party. Everybody turns up when it's their wedding in some form or fashion. People turn up because it's very important. The king has turned up for his son. This is the parable. This is a story that Jesus is trying to illustrate to us through Matthew and his writings of what's the kingdom of heaven like? What's eternal life like? What is God like? And how do we get in? And this passage has caused me to uh, experience like some, some frustration at times. I've read this. As we continue the story, you'll see I've read this and I've wondered why. Why would God be like this? Why would he operate like this? Why does he throw a party? And some denied him. Can't he just force and impose his will? Doesn't he want everyone there? What does God do? So we continue in verse nine. Go therefore to the main roads and invite the wedding feast, as many as you will find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. If you've ever heard of the name Moses, the guy that was notoriously known for taking God's people out of Egypt and parting the Red Sea, miraculous ways. We would think Moses is amazing. Moses was used to write many books that we read, that scriptures that's been canonized, that has been inspired as the word of God, that has been affirmed and, and confirmed and, and looked at through counsel and prayer. And so Moses is big time. Moses is not playing around. Like he has seen stuff. What about Paul? Paul wrote the most books in the New Testament. In fact, the most books overall. And Paul, he was shipwrecked. He was so anointed. He was so of God that even his like, garments, parts of his like, cloths that he touched and stuff, it was used to, it would, things that were happening, they're healing people. Where Paul goes, I mean, people's lives are being transformed. 
When Paul comes, people listen. When he speaks, people are like, wow, this individual is a leader. But Moses and Paul are fascinating to me, not because of their successful moments, but because when they're both introduced into scripture, you find them both as murderers. Moses bearing an Egyptian in the sand couldn't take the oppression that he saw on his people anymore. And here he is in a foreign land, but one of them. And he says no, and he buries him in the sand. And then they, somebody sees it and he flees because he knows he's gonna get caught and get in trouble. It's a pretty serious thing. Paul was Saul overseeing Stephen's death. Stephen was an individual that was chosen after Jesus has rose from the dead and he's gone, ascended to heaven, but he sends the Holy Spirit and then Stephen is distributing food to the poor. So Stephen is like, he's like the soup kitchen house. He's the modern welfare system. That's what he's doing. And then he is martyred, which means that he gave his life and he states all the gospel right in front of the leaders, commits his spirit to God and says that Jesus stands looking on from heaven down at his kid, Stephen. And he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And then the individuals that killed him took their garments, took their like a sign of their, their, their prize, like clothing as a sign of honor, laid it right down at Paul's feet, which was Saul at the time. And so Saul is a ringleader to kill Christians. But yet Moses, who couldn't speak that well, God used to take his people out of Egypt. Yet Saul, who was persecuting Christians, was used to take the message of the gospel to the Gentiles, those that didn't know the gospel, that were outside God's original plan, people thought, but it was his grand scheme plan the whole time. So this wedding feast is gonna happen, the invite to both bad and good, we start to realize it's not a religious thing anymore, it's not about being good. Because if that was true, then why does Saul get to be converted to Paul, and then why is Moses used? Because God's been trying the whole time to gather people and trying to get their hearts to exchange with who he is and who he really is and to give up their rights and their desires. Because 1 Corinthians 1 talks about this. It says that God uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise and the proud and those that have power. Paul's life is so radically transformed that he's in jail. I don't know how many people have been in jail here, but I hope not a lot, but it's not a fun place. And, um, and, and, in jail, what's happening is, dude, they're singing songs. They're rejoicing at different times. They're worshiping. He writes about his afflictions in a favorable way, even, that he was counted worthy to suffer for Christ, counted worthy to endure for the gospel. How could somebody sing through such pain in jail? I don't know about you, but when, I, uh, when I've been through moments in my life that are really uh, hard, I don't always want to sing. I remember a moment when I was in jail and uh, it was really, really, it was, someone's like, whoa, he went to jail. I'm done listening to him. Man, no, they check this. So you went to jail already too. You just haven't been there because you are guilty before God too. And so check this out. I was guilty, like broke the law, guilty. And uh, we've all broke the law with God guilty, but I broke the law guilty on this side of uh, eternity in heaven. And 
I, I, I was sitting there and I was bawling like a little baby. Because I was like, I ain't made for this. I don't want this. But I was living a life in the street, living a life trying to be hard and doing all these things for several years. And I'm sitting there crying. You know why I was crying? Because I knew I was guilty. How could Paul be rejoicing and singing, yet they were guilty on this earth by their quote-unquote laws? He was rejoicing because he was innocent and he had freedom on the eternal home and hope. And he was invited in to the party. So now we rejoice differently. We worship differently. We praise differently. That's what happens when a life gets transformed. They sing through pain. They cheer through adversity. This week, Justice, he took a blind. It's Justice, my second son. He's five years old. He took the pole off the blind and he shoved it in the back of his throat somehow in the corner. The doctor there said, in all my years here, I've never seen it in that position. We're gonna have to bring in an oral surgeon. And he goes, it's so deep, I can't find the end of it. And so this was right during Love the City Week, so we got a lot going on, and it's late at night. And then he also said, hey, I've never seen the ER this packed, so I'm so sorry. You're going to wait out in the waiting room, and you're going to sit on a table because there's no more chairs. So I'm sitting holding Justice, and he's shaking like crazy, and, he, and he's got this huge hole in the back of his mouth. I'm thinking, okay, what are we doing? And then they, they admit us. We stay overnight, CT scan, all kinds of things. So CT, it's a big unit. I told him we're going to get a picture. It's going to kind of be like a spaceship. You're going to go in there, and this big, you know, this huge... Uh, piece of medical device is going around them. We're hanging out and, and I'm sitting there kind of being frustrated. I'm like, why, why now? Why this time? And, but yet I'm like, it could be a million times worse. And then they come and we stay the night there. And it felt like jail, honestly, because it was a packed, uh, we were in a room where you share the room with somebody, you know, and which is, it's so shallow compared to what people have done. Like 9-11, think about the soldiers, the troops, the response people, you know, think of, think of the commitment that so many people have had for us to be here today. And so I'm sitting in a room though and we got, we're sharing this hospital and, and, uh, and this hospital room and, and it's really late. We're not getting to sleep and I got this little tiny blanket, right? And I'm on the recliner. I didn't even have the one that kind of pulls out. I just had the recliner thing and I'm looking over at him. He feels horrible. I had to hold him down to make sure they put the IV in and something happened. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, this is awesome. You get to hang out with your son and you get to push through. You're partying. And I was like, what? It did something for my heart. See, the party today isn't the carnival. It isn't the food. The party is the people. It's the moments. The party is the moments that you could be there for those that matter most in your life and for the most important issues in your life. And you could be present during pain. You could be present to celebrate. And I was so grateful that I got to hang out with them. And then the story goes, they let us out. The mouth heals super quick. They didn't hit any arteries. That's what they were concerned about. That the, some, and we still haven't figured out the story. Like, how did he shove it in his face? And he's, he's sitting there telling the story. He's, anyways, if you know Justice, everything he does is quick twitch. So he's like, pow. It's just like, he has that thing. And he's already got like four scars on his head. He's five. And so he's got like one per year. Anyways. So... But the point was that we could sing in that moment because God was speaking. I just wasn't listening. God has been speaking. Have you been listening? Verse 9. Go, therefore, the main roads and invite the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out to the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. And when the king came in to look at the guests, so the king's excited now. 
This place is filled. He's excited. He's like, what's going on? Because he's in charge. He saw that there was a man who had no wedding garment. And this is where I wrestled. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his attendants, bind him hand and foot, cast him to the outer darkness. And in that place, there will be weeping, gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. The mystery of election, the mystery of God's radical plan to redeem people. Who gets in? So all kinds of people there hanging out. Who gets in? Like who gets into heaven? I'm going to assume something today that God has so been showing off in your life that at some point you're curious, you think there has to be something more. You've experienced enough pain in this earth to think that this is so unjust. This earth has so much systematic oppression, has so much injustice that your heart cries for something more, just like a kid that dreams and believes. And something happened, you got tainted along the way and you quit dreaming and you quit believing. But I'm going to assume today that God has been pursuing you in his steadfast love and that he's been trying to get you to believe and dream again because there's something outside, something that passed what we see. There's something that awaits us all when that moment that we all breathe our last breath and that stat that is so intimidating, which is 10 out of 10 people will die in America. 10 out of 10 people will die in Asia. 10 out of 10 people will die everywhere. When does it happen? How does that happen? There is more to this story. There is a God. So the question comes down to, well, which God, which path, which way? What does that look like? And then this God right here, are you talking about this God through Jesus that's talking about this story of who gets in written by Matt? Are you talking about this God? That some get in, they went to the byways and to the streets and, and grabbing all these people and then he comes and he sees somebody that's not dressed right and he says, hey, you know what? Grab him, take him out, and he is done forever. I'll confess something. This has been hard for me to understand because God is love, God pursues people, and God so wants his kids to come back home. But here's what's going on here for this party invitation. The party invitation was everyone is invited. Every single person is invited. Everyone. Like everyone is invited. Like who can come? What does it look like? Everyone is invited. Everyone. What, what, what about my background? Everyone's invited. What's your guys' traditions? Everyone's invited. What do I wear? Everyone's invited. What if I don't sing right? Everyone's invited. What about if the music is in my style? Everyone is invited. Every single person is invited to the wedding. Every single person is invited to the party. Come party with us. That is heaven's call and to every single one of God's kids. Come party with us. Who's invited? Everyone. Everyone. Everyone is invited. But here's the radical hard part. Not everyone gets in. Because here's what we've been doing so long. We're like, well, what does it cost? And we start to look at, wait, you're saying that Jesus? No, I want to do it my way. The question that's posed to you this morning is, is, is our lives ruled by us or God? 
Is it ruled by just, is, is our highest level of accountability the police? Is our highest level of accountability that we just don't wanna make our loved ones mad at us? Is our highest level of accountability, and what I'm meaning by that is our highest level of motivation. Are you motivated by fear this morning? About like what people told you you shouldn't do or what you have to do? Are you motivated by fear? Instantly, even when you see this passage, you're like, oh, well, I don't wanna get thrown out. You're missing the whole point. What this was, was a direct blow in the face to Israel's leaders and the kings that came, that tried to rule in a certain way and the religious leaders that tried to manipulate the people and get them to be enslaved into certain rituals. And what's happening is, is how we come and we celebrate in the party in that particular moment, the ones that's not wearing the right clothes or the right garment was this. They weren't covered and clothed by Jesus Christ alone. What is religion? What is church? The message I know is a message that's simple, that anybody can get. It's the simple gospel that we sing about, like the simple good news, it's just simple. It's so simple. So simple, you don't have to be that real smart. In fact, God will use the foolish things to confound those that are super smart. It's so simple that anybody can get it. It's just that our sin and our pride, not everybody wants it. They'd rather pay a way to get in or think of some way to manipulate the system. They'd rather keep saying to God, well, God, I can't change today because I got all of these things in my life that have been ruled in this direction and I don't, I don't wanna change. I love it here. I love it here. I love looking at these things. I love getting drunk every night. I love going these places. And it's hard because then you get enslaved and then you got a master knocking on your door that's craving and wants something from us. It wants our attention and our affections. And then even those that are super good could start to think that, oh, they're addicted to what is good so they don't find themselves around anything that's bad anymore, anything that's marginal around the Sauls, around the Moseses, around the Jeromes, and around the Jews, the tax collectors, the sinners, the prostitutes. That's who Jesus is punking out in this equation. He's punking out all the worldviews and he's, and he's what he's saying is I'm inviting those tax collectors. I'm inviting those prostitutes. I'm inviting those people that are marginal. He's saying that every single one, it's free. Everyone free. But here's the free gift this morning. The free gift is Jesus. The greatest party. Jesus is the party. Not everybody gets in. And I'm not trying to create, uh, and I'm just going to make a real logical um, proclamation right here. I'm not trying to create any false urgency. I'm just trying to tell you what's absolutely true that I believe. And that everyone that wears a shirt and everyone that's the leader here, at some point we realize this world can't give us hope. This world systems doesn't give us new life. And we celebrate today a one year because Jesus is who he said he is. We celebrate something so remarkable that he's so powerful because he is who he said he is and he's been changing our lives and he's been making us new because we were guilty. We were all in ourselves. We were all sitting there crying out with our shame, our hurt, our confused minds. And we just said, we can't do it anymore. And he gave us free life and he met us right where we were at. So this morning, I pray that you would uh, quit sending in your card no to God. Like quit sending in 
Will you RSVP to the party? We learn that when one sinner repents, and what that means is when one sinner changes his mind or her mind, that all of heaven resounds with joy. They throw a party that the angels, and when we say angels, sometimes they're like, angels, that doesn't make sense. Like angels, when people see them, they, they're freaked out like, whoa, it's a big deal. They're cheering. They're celebrating. My kids are coming back home. My kids are getting new life. My kids are getting new starts. My kids are believing again. There's forgiveness. There's mercy. There's love to the cross. Those that put their faith in Jesus, it's a new day. That's what's happening. It's brand new. It's brand new. That's why City Life exists, for people to experience new life. No matter where you come from, any background, you can belong and that you are loved and that you have new purpose. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And that's what Jesus was all about. So as we pray this morning, I pray that you would take a next step with Jesus and you would say, okay, I'm giving up my rights. I'm giving up my privileges. I'm going to come in and I'm going to come in the King's way through his son. I'm going to quit turning down all of these messages that I've heard and I'm just going to see him for who he is. And I'm going to follow him as Lord. And I'm going to thank him for being Savior. And when you see those connect cards, as you have an opportunity to put those in the giving bucket, I hope that you're not just thinking, oh, it's just an email or it's just a free gift. I hope you're thinking new life, like I should get baptized. Or I hope you're thinking I need to join the team because it's better together. I hope you're thinking that I need a community and I need to grow and be mentored and be discipled. That I need to bloom. I need to trust again. I need to believe again. I need to have new life again. So I hope that you'll take out time, like every single one of us, and fill something out. Like what's been going on in your life? What you need to reflect on? What are you celebrating about? And what do you need prayer for? Because it's really powerful and important to us. Let's pray. Jesus, as we sit in a room today with a microphone and lights and many different people that are here for many different reasons, and even if it's just as simple as we want a burger or we want popcorn, I pray that the Holy Spirit would do something so powerful in us that we would ask, well, what must I do to be saved? And we would look at your son and see how different he is and how he comes so low and he grabs us and he takes us and he holds us and he says, no more pain, no more hurt, no more shame, no more insecurity, no more worries, no more torture, that you're not good enough and that we receive that grace today. The grace that we sing about at funerals, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me would be real today, that it would be a celebration, that we could rejoice, we could sing. I got the joy, I got the joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. We hear the call today that we want to party with you and we thank you that it's not based upon anything we do. It's not based upon how good we are. That's just based upon the party that you displayed through your son. We party because Jesus has paid the price. That's why we party. I pray through the Holy Spirit right now that the power of God would impact each person here, that you would start to let God speak. That even when you're in the hospital and you're frustrated a little bit, that God would speak and show you what it's all about again, that you would enjoy a moment with your son through your situation. 
the Holy Spirit would tell you, it's okay, you got purpose. Come on, see it differently. Let God party over you. Let God's love fill you up and let God's love transform and change you. And that in this next year, you would be the next on the dream team, the next to be on stage, the next to get baptized next month, the next to have your children dedicated, the next to say, you know what? I'm not signing up for religion. I'm signing up for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your power today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for urgency. Thank you for your love that whether we're bad or good, you're pursuing us. We ask that for the rest of the time that it would be saturated and filled with your love. And that these moments would be filled with us learning new names and connecting with new people and then having laughs and joys as we eat and we connect that we would put you at the first of it all and the center of it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.